Alrighty, mate. I'm all set. I'm all kosher. Welcome to the Max Bombast Show, where we just review Max Bombast songs for an hour. My name's Mike, and I'm here with my co-host, Ben. How's it going, Ben? It's going great, man. I'm going to rename myself Max Bombast after today. This is the Max Bombast Hour. If you came here for the new ugly or Nurein 14, you know, uh, just tune out because it's all Max Bombast all the time here now. We're like an easy listening radio show. That's our new format. Our new format. This man's going to pump out... Five songs a week, every week, and we're going to review them all. Not really, but uh, this is the new Ugly, and we are coming back to our Nurein 14 coverage. We are going to talk about round seven, the final round right now. And the reason for calling it the Max Bombast Show is Max Bombast actually submitted five Shadow songs. That's nuts. So we'll get to those later. We'll get to those later for all those Max Bombast fans. Right now, we need to talk about round six, which was U2, and you needed to use a contrafact chorus or contrafact verses, and now we're down to two. We're down to two for the final round. So Max Bombast, Rachel Lane, and Rain Watt were all cut. That leaves Vowel Sounds, who won the round, and Agony Sauce. Those are our finalists. That's right. That's why it's the Max Bombast show now, because Max got cut. We must avenge Max Bombast. I think losing caused him to go nuts. And then he, he just shadowed all over everything. I suspect, actually, we got a glimpse into his songwriting process, he, where he just knocks out, like, five, you know, these really quick ideas, and then picks his favorite, and then makes a bowler song out of it. I think that's what actually happened. I think so, too. However, I also like the other interpretation. So the reason, the reason this episode is coming so late is because I was terribly sick. Like, you didn't want to hear me sniffling. That's it. It's been a year of being sick, I think. Yeah. Both of us have been out sick at some point. I think a couple other people have dropped or missed or something because they were sick at some point. It's been a rough summer. It, it has. It's Something's going around. Yeah. It's all that uh, El Nino coming back. All that global warming. I wasn't going to say it, but yeah. Anyway, so the final round. Final round between vowel sounds and agony sauce. Title was Survival. The challenge is bring your A-game. What's your A-game? My A-game, of course, is an acapella piece. Oh, right. It's the only thing I know how to do. That's what we talked about last time. We talked about that. You were, you were going to do a math thing or something. I don't yeah, know. I think I, would, I wouldn't do that anymore. I also think I would also potentially add... You remember from like the 90s stomp that drumline drummers using buckets to make a thing? I feel like that would be fun to do too. Just make a throwback. Yeah. That would also be a game. Sure. I can bang out some, some drum beats that sound okay under five, five voices. I could do it. I could do it. I'm sure you could. Would you have won with it? Probably not. Probably not. I assume your A game would be a Chris Cornell, Tool, what's the third band? Nine Inch Nails, uh, <laughs> Sir Mix-A-Lot, Mix-It-Up yeah, type yeah, deal. Yeah, 90s past-ish. If anybody wants to hear my A game, that's three years ago. Uh, when I got to the final and lost. Moving on, let's just get into it. Um, we have agony, sauce, and vowel sounds. Which one do we start with? Do we do alphabetical again? I Let's do all the way through. Alphabetical. All right. To alphabetical. We'll get to the shadows later, people. Later. Agony sauce. No one made it. 
what do you think of agony sauce there, Ben? Yeah, so I feel like agony is... Um, so we, I think we pointed out this before. Agony is doing every challenge every round. So this is now the summation of eight challenges into one song. And I think this is a lot better than the last one. I think the last one was a bit more disjointed. The contract, I think, got in the way. This doesn't feel like that. Uh, but I will say, I think overall, he's boxed himself into too much of a corner. And it feels very standard Agony Sauce. It's good. I like it. But I don't have a lot to say about it other than I feel like it should have blown my face off. And it didn't. I'm just sort of impressed that, oh, look, you got all the challenges in. But it's not the thing that I actually care about. I didn't actually notice all the challenges until, <laughs> until you pointed it out. The song is just thoroughly enjoyable to me. I think you're right in that it's a standard Agony Sauce song, but a standard Agony Sauce song where I don't notice all the challenges is a good Agony Sauce song. I think that's an A-game Agony Sauce song. What I like about this one is it's very brave. It's not going for the easy win. We've got a less common musical scale going on here. We've got a very challenging rhythm uh, not so much challenging to play, but it, it's not something that people typically groove along to in a pop song situation. It's just got this great drive to it. I really enjoy it. The intro sucks me in immediately. It does start to feel a little samesy toward the end, and I'm actually surprised that I just noticed it's under three minutes, because it feels like it's a little bit longer due to some of the repetition there. Yeah. Yeah. That said, I think, you know, this contest sort of warps us into expecting tons of change-ups. And that first riff is just, you know, it really it really makes the song. And, um, yeah. you know, some, some other things, like the mix is perfect as Agony Sauce songs have been to me. I feel like nothing felt too crowded and everything was a pretty good level. Um... Uh, the, the guitar tone is spot on. I think Mo does a great job. He gave me some tips on the forum. A lot of it was over my head, but uh, he, he definitely knows his stuff when it comes to guitars. I thought the rhythm guitar could perhaps be a little bit louder and more aggressive. Maybe with more of a, a mid-ish uh, acoustic guitar. Maybe more acoustic guitars give that sort of dirty acoustic guitar almost pseudo overdrive sound with that that driving riff that dun 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 don't make it too much but i think that could have been accented a little bit more i've been talking a lot what do you think ben that's <laughs> okay i mean i i think i i generally agree with you because i i agree this is a good song i don't want to take that away i think this is a, a really good solid piece um and when it comes to really good songs, I have a hard time picking out the little tiny minute details that are great. So you're doing a great job. Please keep putting words in my mouth, because I like it. The problem I'm having with the song is that I feel like the vocal lines aren't interesting. And not the lyrics necessarily, just like the vocal delivery. That guitar, the Santana-fueled guitar, is wonderful, and I love it. And the lyrics are interesting, and it's fun to pick out the challenges. I think all that's enjoyable and good. But I, I feel like if you'd spent less time trying to fit all the challenges in and worked on a song you were maybe a little more passionate about and gave yourself a little more room, I feel like this would have totally blown my face off. And I would just do a standing ovation right now. That, I think, is my only... That's like that's my feeling on the song, is it's 
that's a good observation. I didn't even notice that he's staying on uh, just a few notes with the vocals, sort of letting the instrumentation carry the song. And I agree that's something that I don't necessarily love about Agony Sauce or Glenn Case. I assume Glenn is making that decision here. He does seem to do that occasionally, kind of in a in a fallback type of way. As is the chorus, you know, it's sort of a subdued chorus. That said, I, th- I think it all works really well here. You know, they're not necessarily the stylistic choices I would have made, but they are stylistic choices. And if the background instrumentation were boring, I probably would agree with you more that that same-z vocal delivery takes it down a notch, but I, I think it's fine where it is. I think it's a good song. There are so many things going on, but none of them are grating me. None of them are popping out and getting in my face. I cannot emphasize enough how well Agony Sauce has done their mixing and just production overall, where other entries, other artists in this competition, myself included, might have might have been like, oh, I really like this thing, so I'm going to turn it up a little bit more until I can hear it. And then all of a sudden, you've got instrument soup. But I think on that same note, nothing nothing is really like grabbing out to me and, and making me go, wow, this song is just like, oh, I love this song. Um, again. It, 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 yeah, it, it's the rhythm. You have, to, you have to dig that rhythm in order to appreciate the song. And I think that's potentially where, where the stumbling block is. You know, that, that rhythm, that dun, 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 that just, mm-hmm. it sucks me in. I'm such a sucker for that. Oh, okay. All right. That's fair. I mean, I, that's not what I listened for, so that would make sense. Then. It was like, uh, you know, like when you start drinking a really bitter cup of coffee, but then you start enjoying it. That's how I felt about this song. Oh, yeah. It was like all my college years, just dark and bitter. <laughs> well, Yay. okay. Not quite like that. <laughs> no, I know. Anyway. I'm sorry. I couldn't resist Who's up next, Ben? <laughs> We're doing uh, up vowel sounds up next. All right, vowel sounds. What do you do when you somehow painted your life into a corner? Tied your hands to a man you're afraid to leave. He swears to me that there's no one else, but I know better. I was a fool to think what happened to her. This is vowel sounds. Yeah, singing about the uh, sad relationship, just which is I feel like right up vowel sounds alley. They do that a lot. Seems they're they're completing their album about the ghost woman that started with the Ouija board. Mm. That intro is a really great intro. This is a great jangly pop song, and um, Owl's vocal delivery is is really really compelling. I think a lot of the things I'm going to say about this are taste and not so much anything legitimate. So I'm going to let you take your shots first. The subject matter to me, especially that first delivery, sort of like jumps out and grabs me that we have this sort of like a sad theme to a pretty poppy hit. Again, pretty standard valve, but I've always liked it. So I'm I'm down for that. I agree with the vocal delivery. I love it, especially those high notes. There's a couple of floated high notes in the refrain that I just like, ugh, love. And I mean, I'm just a sucker for vocal deliveries that are interesting and varied. And I feel like this is, they always deliver that. Love it. 
I believe this is either the first or second time we've had male harmony in the song. So we have our own Von Borten, I think, is actually in in here. Another thing to note is that both vowel sounds and agony sauce contributed to each other's songs. Oh, nice. That's neat. What a nice touch. Yeah, so you can uh, hear their voices in each of them if you listen closely. I, I thought I heard uh, Harmony and Agony Sauce, but I just thought it was him again, so I let it go. I will say this is the longest song in our pack today by, I think, a full minute is the next one. It's just it's a really long song. This also starts to feel a bit draggy to me. It feels like it repeats itself. Um, the bridge especially, I kind of get a little bored by. I'm going to say bored by, but I, I want it to wrap up sooner than it does. Um... I think the people who were paying attention to the story and into the story, probably a little more compelled by this than I was. I appreciate the story, but it, those lines like, I don't want to die, feels, it, it feels a little bit forced. Like, you got your story, and you got your title, and now you've got to force them together. <laughs> I will say, you know, with all the different parts in this, it sounds like Vom didn't sleep all week i think he perhaps got caught up in some details that he didn't need to get caught up in i i can tell that somebody slaved over this song for a very long time whether those were the right things to slave over i kind of disagree but then again i also do the same thing so i can't criticize too much going back to your point about the length again i'm sure they're telling a story but if we cut out a little bit of the verse and a little bit of the bridge and focused a little bit more on, on the chorus, I think that would really tie the song together a lot a lot better. Because the, the verse just feels unnecessarily drawn out and it, everything feels very standard. You know, not that it's bad, but it sounds very stock up until we start doing some creative stuff at the choruses and at the bridge. So, you know, my take on the structure is kind of like, this is a well-done stock song. The things that are a little more preference-driven, I think, that I'm going to get into. For one, I'm kind of over those cute drum sounds that Vaughn likes using. They're novel every once in a while, but when I hear them all the time, I just, I could use something different. Another thing is the mixing. The mixing is just really really all over the place on this one there are certain things that i feel are overemphasized and certain things that are definitely underemphasized and i think that takes away a lot that's something that all the vowel songs have kind of done clearly it hasn't hindered them whatsoever <laughs> to contrast agony sauce's song everything had its own distinct place in the mix but it didn't stand out more than the others whereas the vowel sounds here we got a bit of a mashup when too many things come in together. Things like uh, there was a lead guitar that was really high. That hi-hat sound is just really, really loud in my ear. And, you know, things like that tend to grate on me. And it's not that any one thing is really bugging me about it. It's just all the things put together. It's like a death by a thousand needles. You've said a lot of things there. And I feel like, uh, honestly, I think most I don't agree with but I don't feel strongly about either. Like, I don't okay. I don't hear the problems with the mastering that you do. Not mastering. Mixing. Oh, I'm sorry. Mixing. Thank you. I don't have those same problems. I do agree a little bit on the drums, and I certainly agree with your note that it feels very... It feels very standard vowel sounds here. 
Which is, I think that's like the saddest thing. I feel like we got standard to both of them. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, last you, week. That you, makes sense. You've said that standard agony sauce, and this is standard hell sounds. It's kind of true. Um, but I don't, I don't think I have any other problems that you do. Uh, and I think a lot of that is I don't look for them. When you said the preference note, I think that's very, very unkey. Yeah. For you, and therefore very much why I don't really see him. So that I don't have a strong opinion about. I have no counter to your. I, I your also point. just get very distracted by small things. You know. You do. You're like a child. I am. Like I think I just threw a paragraph at you about random stuff. I'm just sort of musing here, just to point out one thing. Like the hi hat at about 50 seconds. It's there to accent what's coming up, and I like that it's there. It's just very prominent. Yeah, you know, now that I hear it, I kind of don't like it. Huh. You're right. If I was pickier and more curmudgeon I think I would like this song less. That is a, that's a good point you're saying, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel validated in being curmudgeon-y. <laughs> um, okay, anyway, let's get on with this show. So that's, we've got two great songs. They're both clearly a lot of effort put in. And we, we have the votes in, because this show is late. All of the contestants voted, and the judges. Which comes down to 22 votes, I think, right? Who would you have voted for, had you been one of those? I think this very much comes down to a personal preference for me. I'm going to go with Val Sounds, because I enjoy the vocal delivery more, because I feel like it's more interesting and varied than Agony Sauces. But I also very much feel that if Agony had spent less time on trying to put challenges in the song and spent more time on writing a song that I feel like he would care about a little more and bring a little bit more A-game, I think I'd probably end up switching. So I, I'm i going with Val, but I don't necessarily feel good about either choice. I kind of feel like neither team brought their A-game, y'all. You're at the end of the eight weeks, and I, I feel a little cheated. So that's my Dude, piece. it's eight there you weeks go. of songwriting. Yeah, and it's it's the last, you know, this is it. This is this is the one, guys. You know and what's interesting is they're both duos. I don't know if that's ever happened in the history of Narine. You're right. I don't think we've ever had that before. At least all the years, the three years I've done this now, I feel like you're right. We've not had groups. Interesting fact. Anyway. Um, that just shows people are getting older and they have too much stuff to do and they need, they need teammates. We got to team up. Partners. Yo. So, you know, I'm free next year, Max, if you want to team up. <laughs> the only way Michael win is to team up with Max. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. All right. All right. So, drum roll, Ben. Wait, is this for you or for... No, no. This is for the, the winner of Nurine 14. You have to pick a winner. Oh, I have to pick a winner. No, I already... Yeah, you're voted. not in anymore. I don't know. I feel like I, feel like I already voted. Anonymous votes. You know. Oh, okay. That's all right. Fine. If you don't want to call it out, here's your drum roll. All right, and the winner of Nurine 14 by bringing their A game on survival, the final round. The winner is Val Sounds. Woo! Vom Vorton comes back with a partner. Take the win. There we go. That's the winner. We did it, y'all. We did it. Good work, Al and Vom Vorten. You guys must be really tired, as must everybody, but I'm sure you think it's worth it now that you've won. You don't have to do this again, or do you? Maybe. There now you have to defend your crown next year, so you're stuck. You've got to do it again. Oh, no. 
So the final tally was 14 votes for Vowel and 8 votes for Agony. So that's a, d- a decent margin. It's like one and a half. Yeah, it's like almost two to one. I think the the deep, jangly pop won over... I don't even know what Agony Sauce's song was about, actually. You know, I don't really know either. That's <laughs> part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's the vocals line. I think, I think honestly... Not to undermine Vom whatsoever, but I think Al's vocals are the secret sauce to that duo. And I think that's what, what got him like, all the way through. I think if we didn't have Al, Val Sounds would not have gotten as far. No offense, Vom. But I think that's, that was the secret. I, I don't know. Vom made it pretty far that one year. He did. That's true. His first year, he made it, he made it quite far on his own. Didn't he make it to the finals? I, th- I think he actually did. I think he did make it to the finals, but didn't win. And then Marison won. Was that last year? Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. That was so long ago. Oh my gosh! I know. So uh, old. See, I just keep going down after getting to the finals. <laughs> anyway, now we've got a ton of shadow entries due to Max Bombast. Inflatable vegetables. We straight off the path can find our way back. inflatable vegetables i like that line about ruining his bikini <laughs> i totally missed that didn't even hear there were a lot of fun lines in this piece it was interesting to be sure i think it's about uh getting lost on a hike in hawaii and then having to eat guavas and getting the shits yeah and it was about getting lost because they're talking about uh the one lines is no one knows where we are so we're screwed making me laugh very much when i heard it maybe this is a weird note but i feel like this song the end like second half of the song is significantly better than the first half of the song and i say that knowing that this feels like there's a there's build like we, we sort of add bits and pieces as we go along to get a fuller sound at the end but i feel like we didn't need that this one the fuller sound at the end was exactly what should have been the whole way through you disagree with me if you want but i i liked it more at the end than i did at the beginning yeah, I, I agree, and I agree specifically because of the vocals at the end. So this seems like Inflatable Vegetables didn't have the same amount of time that he usually has to add a bunch of instruments, do a bunch of takes, and it just sounds like he wanted to make a fun song. Good for him. We love the shadows. We love the enthusiasm for the shadows. So I, I can't say a, a heck of a lot uh about it you know he wrote a catchy chorus like he always does he has some funny lines like he always does <laughs> subject matter is a little a uh, little gross for my tastes but you know <laughs> but it's fun and quirky so it's cool what are you gonna do about that at the end where he does those yelling lines i really like where those vocal takes are going and i think he should do some more brave vocal takes like that yeah i agree i would listen to the second half if it was his full song i wouldn't Let's do it again. It is fun. You're right. Yeah, and it's the vocal takes. It's all the vocal takes. So next year, veggies do these vocals all the time. Well, I think part of what makes them work is the contrast. But you know, maybe contrast them with within a normal song. Also, great vocals. Okay. 
What comes after inflatable vegetables? The Kraken lives, aka Glenny, aka Faster Jackalope half? Yes. One Kra- Jackalope? Kraken lives. All right, this is The Kraken Lives. Mike, why don't you start us off this time? Does what The do Kraken Live? I don't know I mean, if The Kraken Lives. So this song is about the Oakland A's, I guess, which I barely know anything about. They're a baseball it's a team. baseball team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's bringing his, quote, A game. That's funny. It's a good pun. Good pun. Yeah, I didn't I didn't thought about it until you mentioned it. That's, that is a good pun. I like it. I want to say, first of all, Glennie's doing this with his son, or daughter, or or children. I don't know how many. At least one small child. At least a child. And the fact that he can submit a song every week with children and I can't says a lot about him. He is a pro. His kids also sound like they are able to take care of themselves for stretches of time, so... Shut up. I mean, that matters. It does matter. My parents' lives got significantly easier once my brother and I could walk home from school. It's just how life goes. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's why you need to... Okay, anyway, um, <laughs> I, you know, like, the intro is very standard Glenny, where where he's, like, doing a really cool thing and then switches uh, keys, but I like it here a lot. You know, it's got a really nice intro. I can feel the bass, and the chorus, the chorus is actually really good, although it could use a little bit more emphatic yelling or emphatic delivery. I think my favorite parts about this song are just, like, the intros to the verses. The verse itself, there's a story there. I'm sure it's a good story, but it, I'm listening for the music, and I'm just a little... It's not a melodic thing going on. Yeah, I think... Um, so for me, when it comes to, like, the verse and the refrain, because I, I agree, the verses, I know there's something there, but I don't know what it is. And for me, I have contradictory notes, so here we go. I think overall, the enunciation of our vocal lines is not very great. I, I've had a hard time understanding what's happening in the verses. Are you criticizing him or the kid? Him, because I think the kid's actually pretty much spot on, and I understood every word <laughs> of the kid. kids. So, Glenny, your vocal delivery in the verses, I, I just need more enunciation. But on the flip side, uh, there's a line, the last line of the chorus is where today we bring you an A's game. Or something like that. And it could sound very similar to We Bring You Today's Game, which is what I thought it was first, but not because I couldn't understand what you're saying, because I was very confused why you were making a baseball reference. Like the first like minute, I was like, this is a baseball song. Why is this a baseball song? And just got caught up in that. But I understood every single time we're bringing you an A's game. Like I got that. So I think that was great. So just if you can enunciate like that in your verses, it'd be golden. And that's what I want. All right. So that's my note on why the chorus, I think, is much better than the verses. Although the kid did a great job, and I understood every word. Good job, kid. I like Nirvana, so I don't care if I understand the words. I mean, to each his own. Oh, yeah, the harmonies are really nice later on. I think it's the second or third chorus. Overall, I think it's a pretty, pretty good song. You know, like a tasteful amount of instrumentation. He's using his skills for good and not evil. And it, it's really just, like... 
what the song's about, which I can't do anything about. It's a pun, man. You should love it. It's not even just a pun. It's like a bad dad joke pun. You right, should be but, all but we're, about this. We're breaking the melody for the pun. And the melody comes first in the priority queue. Not when you're a shadow entry. You got to try some things out. This is trying something out. I think overall it worked. All right. Honestly. It did work. Anyway, moving on. Lycanthrope. This is Lycanthroat. Yeah. I think this song's about marriage or something depressing. Uh, marriage, divorcing. It's like a divorce, and I think the singer party totally loses everything and has a crap divorce. Okay. It's very sad and depressing. It's very much up Lycanthroat's arc this year. Yeah, Lycanthroat, if you need help, there are resources out there. And I'm not joking, but that is kind of a joke. But it's not funny. No. I will say, I think this is the best Lycanthrope song uh, we've heard all year. It's particularly around, I think, the enunciation and the vocal delivery. It is easily my favorite vocal delivery of Lycans across the thing. And I think the fact that I feel like I've said this like three times, this is my favorite Lycanthrope song, which I think is just, you know, a wonderful thing overall. Like, you're moving in the right direction, like, and keep going. Don't stop. Um, this vocal delivery, the fact that you're, you're really leaning heavy into the into the deep voice, you're really giving me a lot of good enunciation. The takes, I think there's the vocals are still doubled and they still line up. There's like a couple off-key notes. I don't even care. It just sounds so clean and clear to me. I I love it a million times more. Like a million times more. It was wonderful. Yeah, Lycan's production value definitely went up with this song. The vocal melody, you know, it's still kind of suffering that off-key delivery. I think it's only a couple notes are off key, and it's still it's very different than the rest of Lycan's. Okay, you know what? You know what? It, you might be right. He likes making these songs in the minor scale. Yeah, I love that. Some of it, when performed, can sound more dissonant than it actually is musically. So it could be that. I like how he's doing some more change-ups, and there are different. Um, There's no cello. There's no cello in this one. Oh my god! Thank you. Different instrumentation. The chorus really surprised me because you can tell he's kind of going for one of those four chord choruses that make pop songs. You could almost take like an offspring song and slap its chorus in here. It's trying to break out, at least instrumentally. And I think it, it, it's doing it. Like it's, I don't want to even say it's trying to. It, it did it, and it's working for me. It's totally working for me. I'm all, I'm all on board this new Like and Throat 2.0. I'm all in. Like in Throat 2.0. All right. That's right. I'm in. <laughs> Mandibles is up next. One brick heavy in hand, rough to the touch, should do the trick to start us This is Mandibles, and it seems like it's 
just the Cybronica half of mandibles. The male harmony is in there somewhere. Oh, really? I know. Yeah, I know it's in there somewhere. I heard it. I'm going to go out on a limb and say one controversial thing. This is my favorite song of the entire round, and if this were the real entry, I think this would win. So, mic drop, hot take. I love the opera feel here. I feel like it's done. It, it like totally fits. The weird instruments here with the synth. It's just quirky and strange, but I feel like it all fits together really, really well for some reason. I could not tell you how or why, but it does. I'm liking it. Even the, the first intro, I think it's super strong. Like, way to go. I love, at the end of that intro bit, there's that minor chord slide on the vocal line that I also just love. Honestly, I, and this is one of the few Mandel songs where I don't have anything to just yell at them for. I think they did, like, everything I want. Like, it could use, like, a little more polish, maybe a couple more takes, a little more time. And I think this would be, it would be, like, perfect. Wow. And I don't have any, like, major notes on it. It's like I'm peering into a different world when you speak. I mean, I love the vocal takes. Those are great vocals. The first thing that sort of distracts me from the good stuff is the programmed drums. They're just so busy. And they're doing kind of awkward things at awkward points. Like, whenever it goes to the hi-hat thing, I don't know what it is. I make a lot of complaints about hi-hats. You do. But if we just took out the drums, and maybe if we took out some of the other stuff, I would be there with you. It's just all this stuff is distracting me because we've got this uh, arpeggio synth and this other synth and these weird program drums. And it's just, it's so much, so densely compacted without me being able to focus on one particular thing. The intro is great because none of that's there. For your drum note, I think I kind of agree with you, but for a different reason. I'm going to ruin every song just by pointing out things for you to... No, it's okay. Because, no, I actually, I actually had that to think. Because when I hear this song, one of the things I think of is a song that I cannot remember the artist, but the title is King of Kings. And it's this really heavy metal, sort of like operatic, but in a metal style with like a metal vocalist, Reem singing about this epic king in his life, yada, yada, yada. But the drums remind me a lot of that. I think it's what it is. And I think that's the thing that, that makes me think of that song. And this is not that song. And it's not the vocal delivery, and I don't want it to be. So I would say, it's not necessarily that the drums are really busy, it's just that they're not necessarily the perfect genre slash style for this piece. I'm going to blow your mind right now. What if we took the vocals from this song and put it on Agony Sauce's song? Because I think they're in the same scale and key. Nah. I'm serious. Uh, Switch like <laughs> if you did the dung dunk dunk dung 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 dunk dunk dung dung and put her vocals on it. Maybe, maybe that'd be funny. Because your problem with the agony sauce was the the delivery. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it could work. Maybe. I mean, they're they're the same key, right? I I don't know. You're asking me to remember something from like 40 minutes ago after we've heard like 10 songs. I don't. I do not remember. I assume they are because most songs are. Yeah. I I just I. uh... I don't know. Take out the arpeggio, take out the drums, take out all the synth stuff, and I'd be no, pretty happy. Not, not all of it. You need some of it. I think the real problem is, like, I'm not grasping onto the song structure because the vocals are out there doing this sort of soloing, and I, I'm not getting the rhythm because the rhythm is an arpeggio. You know, you know what I mean? I think I do, but... I am so, so here for the vocals that I, I don't really care about anything else, so I'm not having that same problem. 
Not that you're wrong. I could be wrong. I probably am wrong. You mean you might be. I'm fine with you saying you're wrong. I just can't <laughs> definitively say you are wrong. All right, now it's time. The point of the show everyone's been waiting yes, for. Yes, it's the Max Bombast show. Pop, 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 pump, pump the brakes for Max Bombast. Uh, callback. I get it. All right, so we have five entries from Max. Um, the poor man went insane from losing. <laughs> Uh, at least he didn't get cut the round where he went back at you. Again, I would have laughed really hard if you and he had both got cut when he responded to your... Yeah. Joke's on me. I got cut. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, so let's uh, let's just dive into Max here. We have an order of songs. I don't know if they match the order of what's on the website. They are numbered, kind of. They are numbered. So hopefully you can find them and match them. But we play them underneath anyway. So here we go. Number one. This is Max Bombast number one. This is awesome. Yeah, this is this this song makes me think very much that oh, this is not that Max just turned out five songs. It's that Max had five ideas, threw out some some basic structure skeletons of them, was debating on them, and then I assume he got cut and was like, oh, I'll just submit them all then. Why not? And it was done. Like these are all came out in like a day. Uh, so screw you, Max, because they're all good. Uh, screw your vocals because they're great every time. I hate you. Um, it's I, yeah. Uh, he must be retired because anyway. what the hell? What yep. the hell? Um, no, this this is <laughs> so hooky. This one is so hooky, and the vocal delivery is pretty amazing. Uh, the lyrics are they kind of feel unfinished. They don't really make a coherent thought to me, but that doesn't matter. Musically. It's got a sweet organ and drum beat going on. It kind of reminds me of a Backstreet Boys song, actually. You know what? I can see that, actually, now that you say it. I don't think that's the intended end state for it. I think it might be. It, maybe He's it is. He's a pop master. That's pop. I mean, it could be the end. I feel like there should be... The, I, I think this needs a couple more instruments. Which, If you have five entries and you're just kind of spitting them out, I'm not surprised that you don't have that many instruments. I think the organ is sort of like a placeholder for the general. This is like the kind of feel that I want. So maybe it still would be a Backstreet Boys pop song, in which case I would love to see that happen, actually. I can't picture it, but I know it would work. I just know it would yeah, work. It, it, it's like if you, took, if you took the Backstreet Boys and took maybe the singer of Korn and told them to be like softer, that's what this group is. But we have four more Max Bombast songs. We're going to rank... We're just going to rank Max Bombast at the end against himself. That's fine. We can do that. Any other notes for this one, Ben? No, just another agreement. I love the vocal delivery. I think it was great. Uh, I agree with the lyrics. I feel like it's more skeletal than the rest. But again, it could be something. All right. Max Bombast number two, survival.
this is Max Bombast number two. And this one's about a video game where he kills zombies, I suppose. Yeah, so I know it's your favorite. The the intro is really long, but it's mm-hmm. it's cool. So I'm okay with it. It re- This one sounds like it's very Muse-inspired until he starts screaming. You know, you don't get those types of screamy vocals from him that often. So I like that. I like that a lot. Pushing it. Getting some distortion up in those sweet vocal cords. The only other note I have is that uh, really cool drum fill going on there, you know, when things turn around. I agree the intro is long, and I actually was getting kind of bored, because what I thought was going to happen, because I was at list number one, and I was like, okay, these are like Max ideas, not Max full flesh songs. So this is going to be an instrumental piece, because it was like 25, 30 seconds of instruments, and I was like, all right, it should be all instrumentals. And then that first vocal note comes in, and I'm just like, holy crap, that is amazing. Yeah. Um... So, well done. Uh, trim your intro down, though. Um, I also think this is probably his favorite, or it's had the most work. You think this is his favorite? Well, I think it's the one he put the most time into. Interesting. Okay. I disagree, but we'll get to that later. That's fine. Well, there's there's three more. I will say, I think the, the biggest problem I have with the song is that I love the verses vocals deliveries, but I kind of think the chorus falls a little flat, because the chorus feels more standard max either want more of the yelly bits or I want a lot more vocal harmony to be like more Muse-like because it's just a single vocal take or a single vocal track. The chorus is like, uh, it, it, it's, it's like just turning up the volume on the verse. It's not like a differentiating chorus. And there are different types of songs that so, some of them do it where they turn up the intensity like that and some of them do it where they change things up completely. Clearly, Max can do both. I try to do it where you change things up a lot at the chorus, but uh, it also works where you just turn up the intensity at the chorus, or you or you just like do the same thing but but differently with a different spirit. And that's what this one is. I, I want more. I want. I don't. I don't like the chorus as it is. I want it to either more yelly or more harmony, and I think it'd be better. Yeah, and that's why I think this is not the one he spent the most time on. No, I mean maybe not, but it's the one I—it's my favorite of all of them. Uh, spoiler alert: Good. he's my number one pick. Okay. So. Spoiler alert: We'll get to that later. We're on to Max Bombast Survival Number Three. number three and I think this one's possibly Max's most typical song where he's in most comfort zone but it shows because the structure is just interlocking perfectly where he builds up the verse and goes into that catchy chorus yeah this is the wheelhouse for Max S-Cub I'll always think of S-Cub when I hear this structure Um, and that bass guitar just Oh, so good. I like it. Also, I think it's the, uh, maybe the darkest one of them all, because dealing with alcohols in there. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I didn't quite understand 
how it dealt with survival mode. I think it's somebody who turns to alcoholism because the rest of life is way too hard. Alcoholics, I think, who become alcoholics when they're like 50, 60, 70. It's just like, I've had a hard life. I don't need to hold on or care anymore. You think it's an old alcoholic? I think so. I thought there was maybe a deeper meaning to it, but maybe it's just about alcoholism. Or maybe he's just spitballing lyrics. I mean, if it's just about alcoholism, I think it's a bit on the nose. I think it's somebody who is an alcoholic that I don't know who who that person would be, whether it's a real person or not. But when I first heard it, I thought it was metaphorical. No, no, I think I think it's very literal. Okay, all right. Well, you know, that's Max Bombast survival number three. Uh, on to number four. There are some folks who wish that you were not not gone, but just not. This is Max Bombast Survival number four. Ben, I think this is the one that he spent the most time on. That might be true. I just looked at the timestamp on it. It's three minutes. It's not only three minutes, but it has the most hookiness and the most coherent lyrics. It's also acoustic, which I feel like we don't get very often. So I assume that requires more work. Nah. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe he just knocks these out of the park, too. No problem. I think it's the only one that has harmonies. Uh, that, I think, is also true. I do love those harmonies, too. I always love when he does harmony. If I had to rank him, I would say this is this is number one. This reminds me of his winning song, what was it, two years ago? But I think it's better than that one, probably. Oh, wow. I don't know. I'd need to go back and listen. So, this, okay. Songs very rarely make me think. And they very rarely make me think the same time that they sound good so i think max did a a really good job with this one and i don't know if i should if i should even try to vocalize that because you know he has this part in the song where he stops and he says the absence of a statement is a statement and i'm like do i make a statement about this song or don't i make a statement about this song and and be cheeky about it by not making a statement about it you know what i'm saying my rebuttal, uh, and sorry, Max, this might be a little harsh, but I think that speaking bit is terrible. It's just, I don't, it pulls me out of everything so hard. And I think this isn't a final cut of the song, so I feel less bad saying this, but it just feels super pretentious and douchey. And your response to it just like validates that feeling so hard, because I feel like that's exactly the feeling you would have, and therefore it must be douchey and pretentious. Uh, are you saying that I'm douchey and pretentious for saying that? Well, I mean, a little bit, but I'm also... I'm okay with that. I just want to know. Just, I'm not surprised that that's, that's your reaction to that bit. I, I I think I like the rest of it. The more I, I... It's a little slow, I think, and maybe just a tad bit too long, but Max usually does shorter songs, so maybe that's just adjusting that expectation. I do love the vocal takes, again, but, man, those speaking parts just really... Yeah, well, that that's... that's... <sighs> A lot of artists I don't like, and they do something like this, and I'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever. But I have a lot of respect for this guy, this guy who's been on Song Fight for God knows how many years. 
So when he does something that's out of character like this, I'm taking notice, you know? I'm taking notes. I'm thinking about it a lot. My my only musical criticism is that the ringy snare is annoying. <laughs> so so there's that. I agree that the, the spoken part takes you out of it, but it does... It left me with, with an impact. And I'm like, well, is the absence of a statement a statement? And I think, yes, it is. But at the same time, is the absence of a statement an insult? And perhaps in the context of the song it is, but I don't think that necessarily holds true all the time. I was trying to figure out, is this song... You know, he talks about being loud and proud. Is he talking about gay rights? Is he? Is it just generically about generic stuffs i don't know but uh philosophically you know okay hold up no i need to stop you this is not our old show where we we pontificate for an hour and a half oh okay and the reason i say that is because the more you talk the more i just want to punch you in the face it sounds so douchey man and i think part of it is it takes me back to like the old times in college when i was this douchey and pretentious i don't agree with the truth of the statement in general but us philosophizing about it is just like, oh, it just grates. It just grates. It grates on me. It totally does. Um, oh, okay. And maybe maybe a bit of it is that I'm not really listening to the rest of the lyrics. Maybe it totally fits and makes sense. But it just slams out of left field. And it changes everything about the song. And Woo. it's just, it's, uh, it's a love it or hate it type deal, I think. So if that's what you're going for, you nailed it. You nailed it. I'll shut up then. It just it just is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is, man. We'll get on to the next one. Max Bombast number five. There's something going down underneath the ground and it's a tunnel and a running and it's full of people under and it's cabin bacon and his buddies fighting the worms. Old Fred Wool gon' have a turn. Hey, tremors, adventure, oh it's a friends. But come a Tuesday prepper. This series never ends. Well, actually they're called graboids. Technically, Tremors is the name of the series, and after the sixth movie, he's a survivalist, and he's got his Alright, this is just a fun, light, funny song. About some nerdy references that I don't actually get, but I know them. I mean, the talking parts in this song make it funny. Yes, exactly. It's such a nerdy thing. God, I love it. Because it's so stupid. And so, like, well, actually. And that, like, country feeling in the second half of it. A little, like, hoedown feel. This is, I think, not necessarily a stretch for Max, but the most element out there shadow. Uh, and I wish there was more of it. Because it just kind of ends. I don't know. It's just, it's just funny to me. I just laugh. I don't know if I can articulate anything more than that about it. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, the only thing, again, I, I guess I didn't like the ringy snare the 99 problems stop just made me laugh evidence that Nurine turns you insane it's been fun getting to see inside his songwriting process anyway if you had to rank uh, the shadows with or without Max Bombast and the shadows with Max Bombast what would you rank so I'm gonna do a Max rank really fast because I'll I'll only take one of Max's five uh, into the rest and for me number two is my favorite the harsher yelly verse lyrics. I was totally there for it. They're my jam. I have written down that number three is my number two spot because I'm a sucker for the S Cub standard. I'll I'll say I'm just I just love it every time I hear it. So I will have a plate of the S Cub standard. 
And then I think it's a sort of a toss up between number one and number five for where those two lie. I could flip a coin and take either or. Wow. So that the number four pissed you off so much. Oh, yeah. That's it. It's at the bottom <laughs> of the list for sure. Even though I think you're right, it had the most work into it. It's just, and I like everything up to it. Uh, but that pit, that bit just like, I can't, wow. I can't do it, man. Dang. I just cannot do okay. it. That's my max ranking. Uh, and then I, from there, uh, to rank the shadows again, and I will, I will stick with it. I would take mandibles as number one here for me. I just loved it. I thought it was great. I'd probably throw Max in at number two with that particular piece. If Max would pick his favorite, then I would, might have a different answer. And then I'm not really sure where I'd put the next three. I'll even go so far to say if we threw the actual two entries in there, I think I'd still keep my top two. I'm kind of leaning towards Lycan, to be quite honest. I want to give points for just how much better it is than every other Lycan throat song I've ever heard. Weren't you giving me a lecture about not factoring in other weeks? Yeah, I know, and I, I shouldn't, but it's the last round, and we're dealing with a bunch of shadows. I do like it a lot. I won't deny. So anyway, I can give you my top two, which is Mandibles and then Max number two. I, I can't rank everybody else, though. What about you? Are we ranking just the shadows? Is that where we're at? You can rank whatever you want, because it's the end of the show. Um, You know, the finalists, I think they did. they both did a really good job. So I don't want to take away from them. I think they both had great songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm just a sucker for Max Bombast number four. <laughs> I could tell. Clearly, I could tell. <laughs> and then I'd maybe pick Max Bombast number one. Uh, Kraken did a good job, too. Everybody did a good job. And I'm especially proud that everybody did Shadows. Everybody did a good job this year. Except me. But that's okay. I'll get back into it sometime. You're just being self-deprecating. I think the saddest thing for me this round, and I don't fault her for it, but I'm a little sad we don't have a Rachel Lane shadow entry because I wanted Rachel Lane to go all the way. I was so close, Rachel. We're so close. I feel a little robbed. That's my big regret is Rachel didn't get to make it in the final. This is a very unexpected final, honestly. I mean, I suppose it was obvious when you take the judges' whole judgings into consideration, but it was not obvious to me. Not saying by sound quality, but just by the judges' historical views. I think Val Sounds being in the final was like an easy bet. That one felt safe. The second spot was more up in the air, I think. And I didn't know where that one was going to land. I thought Rachel was going to have it from last week's song, but I didn't know. Val's felt like a safe bet to be in the final. Both of the finalists put in like a, a ton of instruments, a ton of tracks. Like I'm very pleased output-wise on that front. Some of the other artists maybe would have had five tracks or something, and both of the finalists went all out. This has been a great Narine. I think the best Narine we've had. Uh, every contestant's been good. Yeah, I, everybody was so good this year. Mm-hmm. I Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, this has been the hardest one to judge, and I don't even judge for real. So I feel like it's, it feels kind of odd. To say that I think Val was a safe bet to get to the finals, but I mean, that's also because they do really well every week. I think the sound of Val has just been the catchiest for the judges. And Vom, again, did the same thing last year, too. I feel like Vom was an easy bet for last year's final, too. He, he knows something. He's got a secret sauce for Narine. So uh, I'd like to thank all the contestants for entering. I'd like to thank all the judges for judging. I'd like to thank Nivius 
for organizing this hoo-ha every year. I'd like to thank all the shadow entries, uh, the shadow enterers, because that makes it a lot more fun when people are entering shadows. I'd like to thank the Two Jerks podcast, who tried to hold our feet to the fire and make us (laughs) accountable in in the market of ideas. (laughs) And they failed because we got sick. I'm going to say, I'm going to take that cap out. (laughs) I'd like to thank Ben for doing all this editing while I was still in the contest and uh, for for continuing to show up to a thing that he uh, is only tangentially related to. <laughs> uh, we did forget a uh, mention for Bafogix Dudes, who does the listening party every week. Oh, right. Tommy G. A cornerstone of Nrine, of course. Indeed. He makes everything come together. He's always there. So, and I guess I should thank you, but I feel like in the spirit of New Ugly, I should just not, just to be a douche. But that's not true. Clearly, my good, good entries and... I suppose it's good you're making me edit. And this is always fun. So I wouldn't be here without you. So, always good. All right. Do you want to do a recap show where we pick our favorites? Well, I'm going to be in Italy starting on Sunday. So, no. You're not going to get that out of me. I mean, like, not next week, whenever you're back. You can ask me then. I'm going to say probably not, though. You're gonna. I'm going to forget all the thing about Narine. I'm going to have to re-listen to everything again. And then it just won't be the same. Okay, fair enough. Maybe. All right, well then, this has been the new ugly. We will see you next year. That's right. And until then, we'll song, song love, love you, you long time. time. And we're out. We didn't do a Twitter plug or anything. Do we need to do that real quick? Well, or email? I guess we're done. Yeah. I guess. I didn't mean to, but I will. You, you prompted it, so I was just like, okay, let's go. That's fair. Um... Wait, I'm gonna hit this robot button and snap. This, this is the new ugly. This is the new.